Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord, our risen, ascended Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen. God, who is good and gracious, present with us as we worship today, promises for us that extend to all the things past that we're remembering and all the things future that we're anticipating. I got to tell you, this is a wonderful treat for me and for my wife, Beth, to be with you in worship today. God has so blessed me and us and my family in this congregation, words cannot begin to tell you. The people of South Shore, the pastors past and present, continue to be a blessing in so many ways to me and to my mother, Ruth. Some of you might remember Ruth. She's 94 now, and she's living in uh, hospice care now in Burnsville. And Pastor Gerke still continues faithfully to visit and commune her since she still is a member of South Shore Trinity after all these years. Our family, Bob and Ruth and their seven kids, sat back there and we took up a whole pew all by ourselves because we were such a big family back in the day. It's good to be here today. I want you to think with me about this thing of celebrating a 75th anniversary. That's a rather awesome thing to mark and to note, and so we do that with some gusto. You're doing it for a whole year. That is an amazing thing. It's fun to be one of the sons of the congregation to be invited back to preach. So that's a real thing too, a good thing. But I was thinking about that. Not all of you have been in this congregation for 75 years, have you? I came when I was just a wee little kid in second grade. It was probably back in 1956, somewhere around there. So it's been a long time. But what reminded me of this is I went to my 50th high school anniversary last year. My wife chose not to come to that. She was very smart because I was watching all those other spouses who didn't have 50 years of memories of being in that high school, and they were bored to tears. <laughs> so, so it's kind of hard to get into celebrating all those memories when maybe your memories of South Shore are only, why, only 40 years old, or 20, or 5, or maybe you just came to this wonderful congregation. So I want to think with you today, our text we're going to look at the epistle lesson, and we're going to look at the Old Testament lesson from Nehemiah. And we're going to think about forgetting and remembering and looking forward. That's a tall order. We better pray. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing upon this time in your word today, and the blessing on this congregation as they remember and look forward at this significant life history mark. We know your Holy Spirit uses this word to transform our lives and so, Lord, we pray, just work in us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our lesson for today, the first one, it's printed in your bulletin. It is the epistle lesson. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or keep that open in front of you, it will be helpful. I'm starting at verse number 13, where it says in Philippians chapter 2, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. How many of you like to travel? Raise your hand. Like to travel? We love to travel. Some of you are really seasoned travelers. You know how to do that. You know the old saying, what you're supposed to do is lay out on your bed all of the things that you'd like to bring on your trip and then leave half of it behind. 
Well, nowadays you have to leave even more behind because if you have to pay for all these checked bags, it gets very expensive. So there is something about learning what to take with you and what to leave behind. Did you notice the Apostle Paul talked about forgetting some things, forgetting them, leaving them behind? And that's what we want to think about today. As you're at this significant marker point, what do you bring forward with you and what do you leave behind? Now that's not only about 75th anniversaries in a congregation, that is about you and your every day. What do you bring with you and what do you let go of and leave behind? Well, I know the tendency in my life, and I know a lot of people, it's in their life too, the tendency we have is to drag a whole lot of stuff along with us as we go through our years. Things passed, things passed. But the problem with that, of course, is what we drag with us is often things like this. The memories of past failures or guilty feelings or shame, those kind of things, burdens about mistakes we made, wrong choices. We drag too much of that with us, and then we start thinking about, oh, if only I hadn't done that, or if only those things hadn't happened. I remember Grandma Gesterling taught me this old hymn when I was real little. It became a favorite hymn. It's from the the hymn about taking it to the Lord in prayer. Do you remember that one? What a friend we have in Jesus. It's got this great line in it. It says, Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Now I want you to think about that. The weakness and the heavy ladenness of life is often because we are, I love this word, it's from encumbered, of course, but cumbered. Did you come here today cumbered with a load of care? Well, very possibly you did because that's, that's how we tend to live. One burden that we carry along with us is this, well, one guy called it this effort to try to resurrect vanished alternatives. I love that little phrase. Resurrect vanished alternatives. Past choices you could have made, but you can't go back and make them again now. They are, what's the word? Vanished alternatives. Makes me think of Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken. Do you remember that? We had to learn it in school. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. It's a great line, isn't it? It's a great poem. It says a great thing, but it, it raises all these possibilities. We think about, what if I hadn't taken that road? Well, when we think about that, we start thinking that, of course, if I took the other road, it would have been a lot better. I wouldn't have all these problems if I only had done that. Well, you can fill in the blanks on that one, the what might have been thing. It, what might have been if, if you hadn't made that business decision, if you hadn't become a partner with that particular person, if you hadn't married the spouse that you have now, if you hadn't made that decision about selling off that property, well, you can take that to the nth degree. 
but it doesn't really get you anywhere, but how, how easily we slip into that. Now perhaps, and I'm pretty sure on this one, that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward to what lies ahead. I'll show you what I mean. Look in your Bible or in your lesson. Look at those verses 13 and 14. Forgetting what lies behind, what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So a lot of you know about the Apostle Paul. What was his past? What was he trying to forget about? What did he say? I got to let go of that. Well, you might remember his life. He was quite the incredible man in his years before Christ came into his life. Many people would have said he was like the epitome of what somebody could be. Well-educated, went to the right schools. He had the birth, the right birth, the right parents, the right upbringing. He was a man who was so powerful in so many ways. His schooling, his ability, his zeal for the faith, his proud tradition as a, how did he talk about himself? A Pharisee of Pharisees. He was right up there. He even remembered about being able to brag about his zeal in persecuting the early church, single-handedly trying to wipe out those followers of Jesus Christ. That would come back to haunt. You see, then one day, Jesus Christ, the living Jesus Christ, came into his life and struck him blind so that finally he would see and he looked back on his life and he realized, as he says in this little lesson, everything he once counted as gain, he now counted as loss for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. And so it's in that context that he talks about forgetting what is behind and pressing forward to what lies ahead. He presses on for this goal of the prize that God has called him heavenward. You see, when you look back, Paul could see and you can see it too. Two things can happen. Either pride or despair will enter into your thoughts. I wish I could ask each one of you individually over a cup of coffee. So, what kind of baggage are you carrying around with you? What is your past doing to you even right now? You see, often reflecting on that road not taken makes us think not about the good old days, unfortunately. It usually comes when we're restless or we're discouraged and it makes us think about difficult things. That can happen when you go home today and somebody says something that sets your mind in motion. That can happen when you celebrate a 75th anniversary and think back over all the choices that have been made. I wonder what would have happened if, even as you look ahead, you're always looking back. What would have happened if I took that other fork in the road? What if I took that other job? What if I married that other person? Would it have been more pleasant? Would life have been better? What if we moved to that different location? What if the congregation built a different building? What if we had another piece of property? 
Do you see what I'm saying? All those what ifs, but you have no way of knowing what would have been. Forgetting what is behind and choosing what is ahead. We can only do that through faith in Jesus Christ, who later on Paul would say in Philippians chapter 4, in remembering what Jesus can do, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Realizing the difference makes a big difference, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but as I get older, some things are really easy to forget. <laughs> like when Beth calls up and says, Bob, on the way home from work today, would you pick up a loaf of bread? And I come home and she goes, so where's the bread? Well, you know how that works. I wish it was that easy to forget everything. Some things are really hard to forget. I'd like you to think back. Some of you are movie lovers. Do you remember, this goes back a few years, but that movie with Michael J. Fox, a couple movies, Back to the Future, do you remember that? It was built on this wonderful premise, this wonderful premise that you can change the future if you can correct the past. <laughs> oh, I wish we could do that. Well, you can go back and try to correct the past, but the movie shows you can really mess things up that way too. But unfortunately, you can't change your future because you cannot go back and correct the past. Consider today's Old Testament lesson. You're in a series in the book of Nehemiah, just right at the beginning. Nehemiah tells us this wonderful thing. If you look at the Old Testament lesson, he looks back at the past. He says in verse 6, with weeping and mourning and confession that he and his family and the people of Israel have sinned grievously against God. Look at verse 7. We acted very corruptly against you, he prayed, and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules you commanded. And he knew they deserved nothing but God's righteous punishment and judgment. But he also knew this. He believed God's promises, he trusted God's mercy, and his knew his forgiveness, and Nehemiah had a totally different lookout, outlook on his future. And he prayed this vision that he had that God would work in him and through him and bless him to change Israel's future as he would go and visit the king. And so he set in motion this incredible story that you're going to be studying. You see, we can't change the past, but we can trust God for our future. Not forgetting as though we can erase our mind. You know that sure doesn't work. But because of what God can do. God can erase things because in forgiveness, he forgets, he says. Not because God has a bad memory, but because God has chosen to do this. To take all those things that cause us guilt and shame and pride and anxiety and worry and fretting and to take and through Jesus Christ forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he says this incredible thing. He forgives our sins and he remembers them no more. How's that for creative forgetting? He remembers them no more. This God who so loves you in your sin, in your past, in the wonder of your future, and in all those things that he would be with you and go with you, he comes to us with this everlasting love. Not looking back, Paul said, but did you catch that in Philippians? Looking up. Looking at what God is yet to do. 
He says our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, our Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like his glorious body. The prophet Isaiah says God's word, I I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Ah, I thought I'd hear a great sigh of relief. Just go like that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you do that. He says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. So I am excited about 75 years of God's grace at South Shore Trinity Lutheran Church, my home congregation and yours. But you know what I'm really excited about? Year number 76. What's God doing? What legacy are you writing right now for the people who will come after you? Your congregation had this legacy of, for whatever reason, I don't understand how you did it because very few other congregations ever get anywhere near this, but raising up church workers from your midst. A wonderful, wonderful thing because that's forward-looking, isn't it? That's saying we're going to prepare people to serve Jesus Christ long after we're gone. That's a vision. What's the new vision? What's the continuing vision? What's the legacy that will be left? The things that will be written about you? Now this isn't just for South Shore Trinity, year 76 or whatever. If you're 82 right now, what's gonna be year 83? If you're 10 years old right now, what is God gonna work in your life in the years ahead? We build on what's past because of God's forgiveness and grace. And we look to the future with joy because of his love and mercy for us. You have a theme verse. It says this, the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now the God of peace be with you to grant you his peace and to fill you with hope as you anticipate these years to come. Amen.